Hello and welcome to the High Vibe Babe podcast, a place for the bold babes that refuse to settle. I am your host and coach, Kelly Kristen, and I am absolutely obsessed with helping women know their worth, speak their truth, and step into their power. That is the making of a High Vibe Babe, and that is what this podcast is all about. Together, we will up-level your mindset and your life in all areas. I am so happy to have you here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful babes, and welcome back to another episode of the Inspiration Series on the High Vibe Babe Podcast. I am so excited to be sitting with today's guest. She is Raquel Reyes, and she is an astrologer, and you know how I am loving the woo, so I'm so excited to get all of her astrology goodness into us and her story about where she came from. So Raquel is an astrologist and mentor living in Hollywood, California. She is known for specializing in evolutionary astrology and transit astrology, and don't worry, we'll get into what that actually means. And she currently works with clients one-on-one, guiding them to dive into their own eternal depths while exploring the external world with grace and flow using astrology as a basis. She has guided hundreds of people through personal transformations and breakthroughs. And I am just so excited to get into all this because I don't know if you guys have been feeling it out there, but there's so much going on in the cosmos. And you know, I'm always talking about the moon energy, the new moon, the full moon, and she's going to give us some real like clarity onto how to navigate through this time period. So Raquel, thank you so much for being here and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat today because yes, I'm right there with you. I've been feeling a lot of the energetic shifts and it's just so important to dive in where and when we can. Yeah. So, and I would love to know, and I'm sure the audience would love to know too. It's like right now you're obviously this badass astrologer helping people through these shifts and really studying the cosmos and all that, but I'm sure you weren't born this way and didn't start out knowing all of this information. So let's go back and like where you came from, what led you to do this work and like really want to do this work with people. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. So for me, um, I'm from Wisconsin and I am, you know, I had a very like Midwest upbringing and Mm -hmm. I also too, a part of my story is I did have a lot of trauma growing up, like in my childhood. Um, my mom had a very abusive boyfriend. So a lot of my first memories were very deep exposures to maybe the darker side of what humans could be capable of. Yeah. And I really feel that I, in a way, was maybe sort of, I just had to grow up very quickly. And if you were to look at my chart, you would totally see that inside of my astrology. And I basically, from that point forward, as a child, and even into early adulthood, I was always very observant of other people. I was always kind of just looking around, analyzing, observing, and of course, you know, flash to now, that's what I do in my business. Amazing. <laughs> um, and I, but thank you. And um, I've always been very deeply interested in like why people do what they do and how it affects and relates to me and my journey. And I've always been very intrigued by the inner workings of our minds and our actions and how everything corresponds. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always felt a little different, which a lot of people that maybe have like spiritual inclinations have, where on the 
firsthand, it's like an innate sense of knowing that you're different. But then on the other hand, feeling very weird for feeling different. I had a lot of very psychic dreams as a child. And I had a babysitter that introduced me to the tarot when I was like 10. And it became this very strange thing in my family where like my aunts and cousins would be like, can you do it for me? And I was just this little kid having no idea, but I just had like that sense of knowing. And then when I got to, um, I would say it was like seventh, eighth grade. I was like, that stuff is not cool. I need Mm. to, you know, listen to the Spice Girls and like what Backstreet Boys. (laughs) And like, I was always like a major people pleaser because for me, it was like the more friends I had, the closer I could connect into like the inner workings of their minds to deepen my understanding of the human journey and the human experience. So I kind of let everything go. And then when I was 18, I stumbled into this bookstore and the woman who owned it was a descendant of Salem. And she would, yeah. And what's really weird is I'm like, did she erase my memory or something? Because I can't remember her name. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bizarre. But she started actually talking to me about palm reading and palmistry. And I was very skeptical. I am, I'm a moon in Capricorn. So I, I am a self-proclaimed realist. I really don't, it's very hard for me to lean into something or say I believe it unless I've seen actual evidence Mm. (laughs) of it working or being effective. So she read my palm and told me these things about my childhood trauma that A, I hadn't thought about in forever. And B, I'm like, how would she know that? Because it was so specific. And it was actually in that palm reading that she told me that my mom's abusive boyfriend, she told me I had a connection to him. And I always just thought that was weird that she'd say that. Um, I ended up finding out during my Saturn return that he's my biological father. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is a crazy story because I just got Saturn, goosebumps. <laughs> oh my God. It was wild. I was like, no, I don't have daddy issues. Everything's great. And then come to find, like, I at 30 years old, I found out my dad was someone different than I thought my whole life. And that's the Saturn return. Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn, which is the father of the Zodiac. So the Saturn return really kind of brings these big life lessons to us. So I had become acquainted with that woman. And I remember she showed me an astrology book. And I knew I was a Virgo and I knew there were horoscopes, but beyond that, I didn't know anything else, nor did I really have an interest. I Mm. thought it was strange that we would subscribe to this idea that we were this certain way based on the day we were born. I just felt very boxed in by that. Didn't really like it. Um, And, you know, I would go to this coffee shop and read every, I would read their horoscopes every day and I'd read every single horoscope for every single sign and have resonance with each one. So in my mind, I had debunked astrology, but when she introduced me to it, I again felt that sense of knowing and it just seemed so familiar to me. And so I started studying and that was almost 13 years ago. So I never stopped studying and I, I started doing it professionally and that all kind of led me to where I'm at now. Wow, that's so beautiful. Gosh, it's so amazing. Like when you're actually open to, eh, I know that this maybe seems a little crazy, but let me just, I feel like I should just go this way and you follow that. That's so beautiful. So I would like to talk a little bit about like what it is that you do now because you said it's like evolutionary astrology. So what exactly does that even mean? Yes. So I like to call horoscopes and stuff like that pop astrology. 
Mm. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just one form of astrology. And there are so many branch off studies in astrology. And it's important to remember, you guys, astrology is from ancient Babylon. (laughs) So this is BC. It's been around for a really long time. And really every year, every generation, there are bright new minds. There's new innovation in the planets and NASA's tracking of the planets. So astrology is always evolving. And when you have all of these people taking interest and studying, you discover new things and develop new modalities within the practice. So a couple examples would be like a really fun one is forensic astrology, where people use astrology and transits to like solve missing people crimes, like solve murders, profiles of serial killers. Uh, and that's just one small branch off. You can do so many different things. For me, the areas of astrology that I've really leaned into and found my most comfort, one of them is evolutionary astrology. Evolutionary astrology talks to us about the soul's mission and the soul's journey here on earth in this lifetime. So it does kind of require that you would be open to the idea that maybe we've had past lives and Mm -hmm. that perhaps there's been multiple incarnations If you don't want to believe in that, and it's okay, you never have to believe in anything you don't want to in astrology, you can always look at it as maybe like childhood versus adulthood. But for those of us who really lean into evolutionary, it goes into many, many lifetimes ago, and that gives us clues as to what we're here to do in this lifetime. It really focuses on the north and south node of destiny. And funny enough, when we have eclipses, they activate the north and south node of destiny, which means that fate is activated. That's why so many karmic situations happen during eclipses. So for anyone, yeah. So for anyone who really feels the eclipses, it might be worth your while to look into evolutionary astrology and look at your chart and get into your nodes and see what your soul is up to. Wow. That's so interesting and actually really relevant right now as we're kind of going into an eclipse season. I know this next new moon on, um, the second, which I actually think this podcast I'm going to release on the second as part of like the new moon, the eclipse vibes and kind of yes. it out. Um, so like what exactly does that mean? Like getting into the fate and the karmic um, things coming up and how do we navigate through that? Yes. So eclipses are intense. I mean, there's no real way around it. And again, moon and Capricorn, I There's no sense in me sugarcoating things for people. I don't do it for my clients. I'm not going to do it here. (laughs) Eclipses come to expedite necessary change is Mm. essentially what they do. They speed up time by bringing about scenarios that were going to happen anyway. But with the eclipse energy, they happen much, much quicker. And it's generally because these are things that perhaps we don't, we're not going to maybe change on our own. And because it is very karmic, The idea of karmic scenarios is that they're going to happen regardless of whether or not we have an opinion about it. And karmic scenarios tend to come with lessons or some type of rerouting or to put us on a new path. And so eclipses are really interesting because we have solar eclipses and lunar eclipses. So in astrology, the sun is what we output into the world and, you know, the moon is what we input. It's our emotional self. So in July, we have a solar eclipse that might have a lot to do with our external world. And then the lunar eclipse, which is going to be really personal feeling and, and very emotional. And I, I like the eclipses because for me, you know, they're like cosmic probation officers that come to check up on us. And 
One big thing that I learned once I, you know, got over my ego in my 20s, I mean, I'm always going to have ego and I like my ego from time to time. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I realized is that I don't always know what's best for me, even though I oftentimes think I do. Time and time again, I will be proven wrong on that. And so I like eclipses because I think that they come to serve our greater good and reveal truths to us and twist the wheel of fortune for us in a way that perhaps we wouldn't have been able to do on our own. So I think of them as very helpful at the end of the day. And, you know, the eclipses that we experience in July, they happen in the signs of Cancer and Capricorn. So Cancer is the mother of the Zodiac. Capricorn is the father of the Zodiac. Mm. So the theme that's going to come up is how we mother and father ourselves. It's going to be, you know, nurture versus responsibility. It can also have to do with our actual family. So issues with our mother, issues with our father. A lot of those themes are going to be very prevalent for us next month. So with the cancer eclipse, we could perhaps feel maybe we're not getting what we need. Like maybe our cup is empty. Like we've moved forward from an empty cup. Are we nurturing ourselves? Can we dive deeper into self-love? And then with that Capricorn lunar eclipse, we're really going to want to look at the structure and responsibility and rules in our life, figure out what's constricting us and really allow the eclipses to remove anything that, like I said, doesn't serve our highest good or our purpose here. And it's, you know, usually we manifest on the new moon, Mm -hmm. which I love to do. I love stepping into the role of powerful creator. I love getting into my vortex and all the energetic frequency work. But because it's an eclipsed new moon, it, what it does is it throws off our energetic equilibriums. And so what we know is that any successful manifestation requires groundedness and stability. And yeah. we're just not going to have that during either of the eclipses. So this is your permission to don't even worry about manifesting, but this is your permission to just relax and we don't really want to work with eclipse energy. Rather, we want the eclipses to work for us. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's a nice time to just lean in to lean into energy. Wow. That's really beautiful because I was, well, just, you know, for my own self, kind of wondering how to use the eclipse energy versus maybe like a normal new moon ritual. And I really like that you said that because I have heard sort of conflicting information about like how to use the eclipse energy. But from what you're saying, it really is more about just leaning into what's happening and almost like surrendering a little bit more than trying to control and use the energy. It's like, okay, what is this trying to show me? versus me having to actively seek or do anything. Yes. And just a little hack. I've been telling all of my clients about this. When we have the solar eclipse on July 2nd, instead of manifesting, work on embracing. So Mm. embrace unexpected opportunities. Embrace the unknown. Embrace that which we cannot see, touch, or feel in the moment. Embrace the universe, embrace yourself, embrace your feelings. So just embracing of all of that. And then during the solar eclipse, that's going to be release. Release that which does not serve. Release what's holding you back. Release what doesn't feel good. And, you know, the time in between the eclipses, it's about a two-week period. That's when a lot of the karmic stuff happens. So by the time we get to that lunar eclipse on the 16th, I think we'll all know very clearly what 
what's got to go. And, you know, sometimes the trash takes itself out. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. It's kind of like one of those things I've talked about this before, where it's, you ask for anything not in alignment to fall away. And then all of a sudden you're like, what's going on in my life? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I asked for this. This is what I desire. We have to all remind ourselves it's all here for us to grow and to learn. And it's always serving us. So. Yeah, it's it's a great lesson in surrender. I always, when I walk out of my front door every day to walk my dogs in the morning, I always just, I'm like, universe, surprise me. Mm. And some days it scares the hell out of me to say that because I'm like, well, what if the universe wants me to like join a nunnery and like, you know, like, what? <laughs> or what if it wants me, you know, like I, you know, but then I, I catch myself doing that and I'm like, no, I I'm open. I am in receptive mode. And so I just want the universe to surprise me and I'm here for the ride. And you have to, in those moments, I think, find your serenity and remember that you always have your own back. Like we're never alone in this because we always have ourselves. And it just really helps strengthen when you can surrender because even though it might be a little scary, which is sort of a word that comes up a lot during eclipse season, Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing to fear with the eclipses. It's actually an opportunity to really like lean into ourselves, I think. Yeah, that's beautiful. So then I do have a question. I want to go back to this because you said it earlier about um, sort of giving our power away to like, you know, the time that we were born or to the Mm. eclipses or to this stuff that's going on. And it's like, you know, for me, trying to find that line between, I understand this energy is affecting me, but I'm also a sovereign person and I have some semblance of control over myself and my actions in my life. Yeah. So in astrology, your chart is compromised of 12 different areas of life, 12 different planets, and the interaction between all of those planets. So really we're a lot more than our sun sign. The sun sign is simply what we output. So it would be as if you were maybe an appliance. The sun would be the cord that plugs it in to get the power going, but it's not the actual appliance that like cooks Mm. the food or vacuums the floor or, you know, there's a lot more going on than just that one thing. And for me, astrology is more of a guide rather than a sentence. And so anytime you look at your chart, and you see something that might look like an obstacle or something that might look like a pain point, really, it's like, are you a person who views obstacles as opportunities? Or are you a person who you see obstacles as an excuse or reason to act a certain way or not perpetuate change in your own life? Mm. So anytime someone has that mindset, I always gently remind them, it's not an astrology thing. It's, it's a you thing. And astrology can actually be the tool that you need on the personal development path that helps you embrace your uniqueness. And by uniqueness, I mean, we are all made up of light and dark. We all have struggles. We all have obstacles, just like we all have beautiful, amazing luck and love and all these other things. And so if you can kind of look at your chart as just a whole and a guiding light, then I think that it eases a lot of that pressure. And really, we do have free will. So one of my mentors, uh, Susan Miller, the first thing she taught me was, you know, we have free will above all, personal freedom above all. And Mm -hmm. I'm a Sagittarius rising, so I really believe in personal freedom. So the chart can only take you so far. The rest of the way, that is your free will. 
and how you activate your own free will, that's what's going to really, you know, dictate what happens. And that's, that's where the magic is. That's where we really do get to be empowered and have so much fun. And, you know, some days we'll get it and some days we just completely fall on our ass. And that's just part of the journey. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I do feel like for me, when I got, you know, my natal chart done and figured out, oh, there's more to me than just being an Aries and kind of understanding a little bit about the moon sign and the rising sign, all of this. And, and it was interesting because it's kind of, it's just fun to kind of read something that you're like, oh, wow, that is so me. How, you know, needle charts are so specific when they're talking about you. There's certain traits and it's like, this is probably the relationship you have with your father. And I was like blown away. I'm like, that is literally the exact relationship that I have with my father. And it sort of blows your mind. Like, how is this even possible? You know? And then, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think astrology for me has been sort of like this relationship as I've gone further into spirituality where it was like at first I had that resistance to it and then being more I guess open and in connection with the universe like we were talking about before we got on the call today how the full moon energy this past one was just crazy and I spent most of my time exhausted and it's interesting to think back about how maybe before I was aware of any of the stuff that I might have been going through that but having no connection to what it actually could be and stepping into this world has sort of just like allowed awareness for what it is, not in a way to say, oh, I can't do anything about it, but at least an understanding. Oh, yeah. And for me, it's, I, my last boyfriend was not into astrology and I would observe that he would tell me, oh, I'm like feeling this rigidity or I'm pissed today or I'm frustrated, blah, blah. And I'd check his transits and I'm like, well, it is in your transits. And that's like one of the main things I do for my clients. Um, almost all my clients are like coaches or doctors or in some line of service. Mm-hmm. And it really helps to understand what's going on with the planets. I use NASA's tracking of the planets in real time. So it's not like something that I randomly made up because I have an intuition. It's actual study. Mm. So, you know, really astrology is made up of ancient metaphysics. It's astronomy, it's psychology, and it's math. I can't tell you how much math I do on a daily basis. (laughs) Um, And so when you can kind of get the information, it's so useful for not only yourself, but also for clients if you have them, for children if you have them, with your partner, really with the external and um, internal world. And that's why I love it so much. And, you know, whenever I do a session for someone, I'll ask them, like, do you want a light and fluffy reading or do you want, like, the good good? And... (laughs) You know, astrology is what you want it to be. It it never has to be serious and dark. It you know, it can just really whatever you need it for because it is all in the chart. And for me it it makes me feel actually kind of safe where there were some things about myself that when I saw it in there I was like, "Okay, I'm not <laughs> crazy. Like this yeah. is something that is affecting me." It was like a situation I even showed my mom. I was like, "Look, mom, like that thing, like that does affect my life. Like, look, it goes, you know, something that happened to my identity as a child directly affects my seventh house of love and committed partnerships and relationships, which Mm. was true for me. So you can really dive in. And another example is that like you're an Aries, which I love Aries energy. So, (laughs) so much love for Aries energy. So 
you output Aries energy. So that kind of means that you're like coming off as an Aries and you aspire to be like an Aries. So in my chart, my Mars, which is the planet that tells us about our desire and our drive and our actions, my Mars is an Aries. So even though I'm a Virgo, I act like an Aries. I Mm. activate into the world like an Aries. Mars is also our sexuality and our physical bodies. So I'm very competitive. Even when I go to yoga, which is the least competitive thing to do, I'm like teacher's pet in the front row. I'm stretching my body to the extremes because I'm like, (laughs) I'm in the front. It's so Aries. And so knowing that about myself, I... I know that, so I will try to be cognizant of that, where if I feel myself leaning into the lower vibration of Aries traits, I'm like, oop, there's my Mars again. Like, I need to, like, you know, be a little more neutral on this. So if we really look at the planets as people, again, light and dark, every mm-hmm. planet has, every planet and every sign has high vibration and low vibration. It's up to us which one we want to roll with, which one we want right. to live in. It's up to us where we you know, unpack our bags and stay for a while. So yeah, it's, it's, that's super yeah. interesting. As so I didn't even think of it like that, that there are those low vibrational states of the qualities of <laughs> certain signs where you're just like, eh, that's probably not the best right now. Yeah. And to be honest, like I'll just share with you guys, I oscillate between them all the time, all day, every day. I explore all of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just here for it. And I... I really think that we just can't be love and light all the time. No. You know? God, no. It's just no. not realistic. It's just not. You know, and I know living in LA, and I don't know if you share this experience with me, but there is like this big community out here that is just like very airy-fairy, like we're all love and, and you know, everything's about love. And you're just like, that's also called spiritual bypassing. And it's time to like get real and integrate. Like we all have light and darkness to us. We all have like ugly thoughts. We have that, you know, we, because at the core we have survival mechanisms that run through us. And sometimes like that's not going to be the prettiest loving thought. And it's not about like telling ourselves that we're bad or wrong for having it. It's just recognizing when it's there and recognizing that we also are capable of doing something about it too. Oh, completely. And I love what you say about, you know, we're capable of doing something about it because that really is one of the main things in astrology, especially for me as a practitioner that I go through with my clients is that like, okay, here it's in the chart. Great. Let's talk about it. Now let's come up with a game plan. Like I'm always living in solution as a Sagittarius rising. That means my chart ruler is Jupiter. Mm -hmm. So if you guys want to locate your rising sign, whatever planet rules that sign, that's what basically your whole life is about. So for me being ruled by Jupiter, I am here to expand. I love abundance. I love growth. I love higher consciousness, travel. So I really bring that to anyone in my life, but especially with clients. Mm -hmm. And I will say that my childhood trauma definitely drew me into wanting to kind of study other people. And there was a point in my life where I was like going to become a psychiatrist and be in school for like 12 years and stopped Mm -hmm. halfway and just started doing astrology. Um, but what's interesting about all of that is that we completely have inner child and shadow. And that was like, when I started embracing that fact about myself, um, I did so much healing. So even though trauma, you know, was something I was ignoring and ignoring and ignoring, once I really did dive in and develop a relationship with my inner child and my darker side, 
um, I felt a big shift in my life. And I do it even like last night, I had this very human moment where I'm like, I think I should probably text my ex-boyfriend. Like, you know, it was just having a very human moment. And I right away, very quickly, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why would you think to do that? Like, I was really hard on myself. Mm. And then I got up, drank some water. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's totally fine that you wanted to do that. Like, who cares? And I sat down and I journaled, like, what part of me wanted to reach out to him and why? And turns out it was something that really was just a feeling I was having that I could work through on my own, that that text message wasn't really required. That was just that external validation that sometimes we seek to make ourselves feel better because we think that that's, that's the key, but really it's very internal. Yeah. Wow. You have a beautiful awareness around that. That's, it, that's great. It took so much work. <laughs> and I'm still, yeah, I'm still, still emotional yeah. trauma work is a lot of the work that I do. So I can totally resonate with that. And I feel like, yeah, he, truly healing that is really like a catalyst that to me transforms your life more than anything else, because it's just like, it's, it's literally like taking all of this baggage and emotional gunk that we build up in our bodies, literally in our bodies and clearing it. And like weight falls off, like head fog clears, all of these physical symptoms that we have can literally be transformed through releasing that. And I'm sure it helped you step into really what you came here to do and to be that vessel and connection. What is your connection practice like, like for you, your relationship with the universe and like, do you meditate? Like, what is your process like to like really feel connected? Yeah. So for me, um, in addition to always, I mean, I'm always looking at the astrology and the transits. I'm very aware of like the cosmic energies. So that's really a nice tool, but it's kind of a cop out because it's like, I have to do it anyway for work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for me, yoga and running are two big things. Mm. So when I'm in a situation where I need to feel like I'm like kicking someone's ass, then I just go for a run. Uh, but when I want to connect a little bit more into my breathing or my inner voice, I go to yoga and I meditate a lot. I love guided meditations. I'm not really at that place where I can just meditate in silence because again, Mars and Aries, I get very distracted. (laughs) Um, So I love guided meditations. I do a a lot of sleep hypnosis. Yeah. And um, I also practice and do a lot of EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, Mm -hmm. which is the tapping of the meridian points in the body to move stagnant energy. So I love doing that. But my biggest thing that really changed the game for me was um, I figured out what part of my body has the most energy. For me, it's my solar plexus. So Mm -hmm. if I get sad or happy or scared or anxious, that's the first place I feel it. And so as I go about my day, I constantly check in with that part of myself. And it's like, do I get a yes or a no? Is it uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh? Like what's feeling good for me? And so when I started really asking myself what feels good and what doesn't, if I just continue to follow what feels good, I found that physically in in the material world here in the 3D, I ended up doing things that maybe I wouldn't have chosen to do for myself, but ultimately I just felt better. And I sleep a lot. Like I nap a lot. Like I just, it's, (laughs) I don't mind out and I'll tell people, I'm like, Hey, I know we had like this or that, but I actually just like need some rest. And I like that when we sleep, we kind of clear all of the energy 
Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great too. And you're so speaking my language with that. I have literally made my life about doing only what feels good to me. And, you know, this has led me to moving across the country, like leaving like high paying jobs, starting my own business, like all of these things that maybe seem crazy. And it's literally like, Oh, actually I'm just following my soul calling. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) And, and same here. And I remember, um, and my sister, Rebecca, if you're listening, I love you, but I remember years ago, my older sister, she's very, um, you know, she's an ER nurse. She's very regimented, Virgo moon, Mm. very serious. And she and I were having a conversation and she just thought I was crazy. She's like, why are you moving to LA and you're doing this weird astrology thing? Like, what are you doing? Right. And I just told her, I was like, listen, I don't do anything unless it feels good. And she got really upset by that. And I'm thinking, why are you mad? That should be on a t-shirt. Like, right. <laughs> you know, and it was years later that she was like, Hey, I, I finally understand like what you meant by that. And I think that anytime we have pushback from people in our lives or resistance or people look at us or say, we're crazy. It's really just because they can't envision it for themselves because on oh, some my. deep level, they don't think that they they think they have to suffer. And that can come from so many different places. And I used to be like that. I used to think that like work had to suck and it had to be hard and I had to be there for a long time and my feet had to hurt. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that, you know, boys were like generally always right. And I should just kind of be quiet and I don't want to be too loud and I don't want to be obnoxious. Like I used to have all of this programming that I really had to get real with myself about because it's outdated and it just like wasn't working. Totally. Oh my gosh. I think that is so huge too. And it's interesting. Um, I was just speaking to a client about this the other day when we start on that path of growth and it's like, we understand new truths and it's like, we just want to share it with the people that we love and, and they don't get it. And they think we're attacking them or that we somehow think that we're better than them. And it's a reflection of where they haven't grown yet. And subconsciously, it's like that fear-based reaction of like, she used to be at my level and now she's She's further along than me, and it's a reflection about how they aren't there yet. So it's like this whole mess of energy, basically. But, you know, people, they all are on their own timeline, and everybody, you know, like that karmic energy, like we're all here, like I firmly believe we're all here living out our own karma and like living what we need to do. Yeah, and it it bothers people when I say this, um, but I just constantly feel that everyone's on their own journey. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, my friends will come to me and be like, oh, well, this guy did this. Or she says, that. I'm like, they're on their own journey. Like what's right for them might be wrong for you. We got to be okay with that. And right. it, is a, it is a more spiritual way to, to approach things. But I also believe like you catch more bees with honey. And if I don't need to take you to task, you're not hurting me. You're just coming from a different perspective or level of consciousness why wouldn't I be okay with that? Like that to me is what humanity is about. It's about embracing and having empathy. And so I really try to remind myself of that. And it helps me with a lot of my own like anger, jealousy, resentment, my own low qualities when I can kind of step out of that for a second and just remember that people are here on their own journeys. It's so relieving. Oh yeah. It's just, you know, it's just, it really, really helps. And I really try to hold people at whatever level that they're at and to try to do it without judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, if someone's like hindering your growth or hurting you, then I don't think we necessarily should go out of our way to hold space for people like that. 
Um, but again, oh, they're, right. they're on their journey too, creating karma. It's, it's interesting karma, um, to say the least, but. <laughs> right. It totally, it's, but to me, it's like the more that I feel like I grow and expand karma is the only way for me to explain like why some people are born into certain situations of life and some people aren't right. Like that's, that's what I think of has like the biggest impact of understanding karma on me and understanding like maybe that past life and, you know, like the energies that have been around forever. And I've also heard with, um, with astrology, and I don't know if how true this is, or that like the souls that are incarnating now are much older souls. So it's like, everything is really being sped up as far as consciousness goes. Um, yeah. So there is, there are a lot of generational planets in astrology. So for example, if you're born between 1984 and 1995, mm-hmm. you are Pluto and Scorpio generation because That's it's me. Scorpio. Yep, me too. Um, <laughs> and because this is Pluto and Scorpio, we are here on Scorpionic missions, which is why we see such a major rising in coaches and healers and practitioners mm. because Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. Pluto is the planet of transformation. He's all about death and rebirth, life cycles. He is all about the phoenix rising from the ashes. And that's why all of us feel so called to guide each other through all of this. So what we're doing is we're cleaning up kind of the mess and the stew that we were born into that the generations two above us created. So, Mm. you know, we were kind of affected by that generation, the Virgo generation. That's the generation that was creating very interesting karma surrounding Um, like societal limitations, restrictions, um, you know, a lot of drug use, you know, cocaine in the 80s. Yeah, we we were kind of born into that. And so we're healing generational patterning. And that's our task. So yeah, the generation below us, you know, they're going to kind of have their own missions. And it's and in terms of how old our young soul is, I actually think that that's based on the astrological natal chart. I don't think we move in age with groups of people based on the years we were born. Mm. Because for me, when I look at a natal chart, based on what I'm seeing, I can tell if the person is a younger or older soul. And sometimes they'll be born in the same year. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's just my perspective. Yeah. For me, I, I'm very big on like feedback and data. And again, I'm a realist. So unless I've studied something thoroughly and gotten like, you know, my own hypothesis based on science of like collecting data and data analysis, I don't ever really say anything like for sure. Right. But I have observed enough to see that I think some souls are younger creating new karma, whether positive or negative. And then I see charts of people that like, you know, one of my clients is 21 and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so old. Like, <laughs> like she's just, she's mastered so much, you know, almost all of her houses are empty. She's just, you can just really tell that she's done a lot of work and that's only indicated by a soul that's older. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So then I have just another question about the charting because, so you'll have astrology and then how does that relate to something like human design? Is that related at all? Are they two completely different things? What is that about? So they're two completely different things. And I apologize to anyone listening to this who's like a lover of human design. For me, you know, human design riffs off of astrology, the chakra system, and I Ching. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like slightly uncomfortable that it's taken some aspects of our practice 
and kind of put it into this like new age thing. Mm. Because for me, it's like, well, why would I look at human design if I can just look at my astrology? They've taken like a big chunk of our practice anyway. So to me, it's counterproductive to like go into human design. But I will say, um, I have a lot of friends who are into it. I've looked at my own and you can totally see similarities like manifesting generators tend to have like Aries or Libra on the nodes or high Virgo placements. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, projectors tend to have a lot of Pisces, Neptune energy. So I've kind of started to study it a little bit in terms of, you know, can we look at someone's profile or line or type and then maybe actually guess what sign they are. And a lot of the times I've been able to do that. So that's been a really cool thing to explore. I try to not dislike anything. I try to just find a way to like it. Right. Um, But for me with human design, I think it's great for business, but so is looking at the second house of money and material wealth in your natal chart, the sixth house of service and the 10th house of career. I'm like, wait a second, let me write all that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anybody listening, if you'd like a little astrology business hack, if you have your natal chart, you want to look at the second house. So see if you have any planets in there see what sign is governing that house. So there's no such thing as an empty house. Um, Even if there's not a planet in there, there's still a sign governing it. So for example, Mm -hmm. if your second house has no planets in it, but it's Libra at the top, that means you're going to bring Libra qualities to how you make money. You're going to harmonize. You're going to need symbiosis. You're probably going to want to work one-on-one with clients. You're probably going to want to be in some type of intimate situation where you get to have a meeting of the minds because Libra is an air sign. So even just having that information alone can give you a lot of insights. And then you want to look at the sixth house, which is the house of daily routine and service and activity. This house will basically tell me like if someone's lazy or not, like oh, how wow. do you, how do you show up? Do you show up? How do you like to be of service? And then the last house that I highly encourage everyone to look at for career and business is the 10th house. That's your public brand. So that's your mm-hmm. branding. That's your, that's your career. That's if people trust you. That's your reputation. And it's governed by the midheaven, which talks to us about not what our soul's here to do, but like what our physical vehicle here in the 3D is here to do. Oh, wow. And I know a lot of people talk about you know, like um, the 4D and the 5D and all these dimensions. Personally, I've never experienced any of them. So I can't say that I really even necessarily believe in that. Yeah. But what I do know is that, you know, in order to get to any next level, you have to master the one that you're in. So that's the midheaven. That's like, literally, how do we make money? Literally, how do we pay our bills? Literally, how do we like feed ourselves? Right. Because if you can't do those things or you're feeling blocked in that way, who really cares if you have a 5D ascension and a meditation? Like we, right. we live in, the, we live here on earth. We live in oh a material God. world. Can I just say, I love you so much right now. <laughs> Thank because, you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> because yes, I could not agree more. And I think there is sort of like that polarity again. And I think it is because just being in LA, there's so much of this spirituality. It's really heavy out here. I think probably more so than anywhere else in the country really. And it is like, we're creating heaven on earth and we're doing these meditations of the new earth. And I'm like, but what are you doing on the earth right now? Like, are Mm -hmm. you moving it forward here? Like your physical body is walking around on this earth. Like we have to work here. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. Yeah. And people say, um, 
we're entering the new paradigm. And I'm like, no, I'm entering Target. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And I need a coffee. And this is a lot. Like, I'm logging off. <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and out of curiosity, because I talked about this um, a little bit, and I had a lot of people reach out to me that they were resonating with it last week. So it was like the full moon came through. But then afterwards, the energy, like I was saying, I was so exhausted that I literally could not do things. Like I would go to write an article. I'm, I'm having these articles published in these big publications. I'm really excited for it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and write this article. And I'm literally sleeping within five minutes. <laughs> like what is going on? I know I desire to do this, but I just feel like I can't. You know, like what, so what was going on this past week? I feel like I've kind of come back to normal these past couple of days, but it was like, whoa, the energy just felt so intense. And I know a lot of people were resonating with it because I had all these stories of like, yes, me too. Yes. So first of all, I hope you're writing about your feelings because you're Mercury and Pisces. So that's mm. going to be so therapeutic for you. Um, but yeah, so last week we had Neptune, the ruler of Pisces, go retrograde. Neptune quite literally rules the dream world. Mm. <laughs> um, so you're either born during a Neptune retrograde or you're not. 40% of us were born in a Neptune retrograde and 60% were not. So if you're in the 40% of people who were born during the Neptune retrograde, you're actually going to be slightly more energized between now and November. But if you're part of that 60%, which is a larger percentage, mm -hmm. you're going to start feeling that Neptunian fog and that sleepiness and it's kind of like these rose colored lenses that you guys were wearing. Like, and I say you guys, cause I'm in the 40%, mm. you guys in your 60, you guys kind of the rest of the year, you guys were kind of like having this like illusion and like life is lovely in the holidays. Ah, but for us 40 percenters, we were really seeing like kind of a dark gross side to life. And so when it goes retrograde, it swaps. So mm. not only are you going to be energetically drained, but you're really going to kind of start seeing things for what they really are. Where like areas that maybe felt deceptive that you didn't even realize, like they're going to kind of start emerging. And aside from that, you know, we are gearing up for eclipse season. We feel the effects of eclipses well before they actually arrive. Mm. And we're also heading into retrograde season. Okay. So by mid-July... We are going to be in Jupiter retrograde, Mercury retrograde, Pluto retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Neptune retrograde. We're going to have a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. So yeah, you know, the energy is very intense and very real. And when we say retrograde, it's always really good to associate it with words that start with R-E. So rest, mm. reset. <laughs> relax, reorganize, yeah. revamp. The, the retrogrades come to slow us down. The eclipses come to shake it up. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. And I did feel like somehow I was like, I have to be integrating like another level of energy or something. It felt like I was receiving a lot and my body just literally had to shut down to be able to kind of integrate it in whatever it was. I'm like, I'm here for it, universe. Bring it on. Yeah. And I think sometimes our best realizations and creations come from hermit mode, mm -hmm. you know? 
like oh, you don't totally. yeah it's like you don't have to be a virgo to hermit or a cancer to go into your crab shell uh we all can benefit from a little bit of like quiet alone time totally so um I love I love this conversation and if people wanted to continue like and really dig into like their natal chart and get that like what does that work actually look like with you how can they do that how can they reach you Yeah absolutely thank you for asking so you can always visit my website which is rackrayla.com uh follow me on Instagram because I um I am a Virgo so I'm constantly posting about astrology because I <laughs> I love to just get the message across but if you wanted to do deeper work I work with people on um, a 30-day basis, a 60-day basis, or four months. And, you know, I offer everything from, like, moon tracking to, like, one-on-one transit astrology. I think I do a great job of creating something for everyone because yeah. that's what astrology is. It's, it's for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what you do. Everyone in the world has a natal chart. So, you know, it's, it's, I say this all the time, but it's radically inclusive. Yeah. And that's what makes it so unique too. Like you were explaining to me before, like the difference of being born 10 minutes, you know, like really can give you a completely different natal chart reading. Totally. And for anyone listening, if you don't have your exact birth time, don't feel bad because I didn't for my first six years of study, which was like killing me slowly. (laughs) Um, But without your birth time, you can still find out your main planets. So I just want to guide everyone really quick through main planets. Totally. The sun is your energy, your vitality, what you aspire to be. Your moon sign is your internal emotional self. It's your heart. Uh, It's your sense of security. Your mercury is how you communicate, how you express yourself, how you kind of like to get around. And then your Venus sign, that's love. That's love, beauty, money. It's what you're looking for. Mars, planet of action. That's how you get it. So Venus is what you want. Mars is how you get it. Mm. Mars is how you act, how you activate into the world. So those are like the main, the main ones. And if you do have your birth time, then you can find out your rising sign. Your rising sign is how other people view you. So I'm a Virgo, but I really come off like a Sagittarius. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So what is mine then? I'm an Aries, but I come off like a um, so looking at your chart, it's amazing actually because Virgo rising. So Virgo is all about communication ruled by Mercury. And Virgo is very detail-oriented and organized and reliable. It's also like earth goddess realness. Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> I like Virgo risings because um, they're the people in your life that you can always call. They're always open. Virgos are so loyal. And Virgos are also the editors of the Zodiac and the servants of the Zodiac. Mm. So as a Virgo rising, it could maybe be that maybe sometimes people talk to you about their problems a little bit too much. I've had (laughs) to set some firm boundaries around that. (laughs) But it's not your fault that you're so good at helping them find a solution, you know? (laughs) That is true. I am very good. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's how you can be of service. So uh, Virgo energy, it's very much so like the love language acts of service. Mm. It's like, what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I show up for you? That's like yeah. what, the, what makes the Virgo heart sing. Wow. That's interesting. I like that. And I definitely resonate with that. The only thing I don't resonate with that is like, I'm not very organized. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a Virgo sun, Virgo mercury, and I 
I'm kind my apartment can get very messy. And, but I think that that's my Mars and Aries. Like I'm a little tornado. What's interesting is that I'm kind of a neat freak, like about my housing situation, but it's more like when I have to do things for like, even my business, it's like, I always get it done, but I'm not organized. I oh, just totally. I like, you know what it is? I just despise structure so much that I'm like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sure. And like, I actually, I dated this guy once and we traveled a lot together. And I remember like the straw that broke his camel's back was because <laughs> I always get out of the shower and dry my hair and I throw the towel on the floor. And I just didn't realize that I did that. And like one day he just like picked it up and he was like, oh my God, like, the towel's on the floor, the towel. I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> oh my God. So I'm kind of messy. Yeah, it's a thing. That's, that's hilarious. That was it. That was like, this is the last time the towel goes on the floor. <laughs> my friend's like, what? Why did you guys break up? I'm like, I don't know. I threw a towel on the floor. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so and funny. When you start dating a guy, are you immediately like, oh, when were you born and at what time? Okay. So, I mean, I kind of flip flop between, cause I'm single. So I will occasionally go on dating apps, which mm -hmm. I don't know why I do that. And then other times I just, I assume that I'm going to be in a coffee shop and I'm going to reach for the latte, but he's going to think it's his latte and then we're going to touch hands and then we're going to look at each other and be like, soul recognition. So I flip flop between the two. Um, you know, universe surprised me. Yes. But when I am on the dating apps, I do, because I say on there like what I do. Mm -hmm. So one of two things happen. Either guys start asking me questions and then they'll just literally end up being a client or... I will just tell them straight up, like, as you can see, this is kind of my business. And before I like want to give them my number and meet up, I do kind of need to see their chart because <laughs> any relationship that I've ever entered into that I didn't look at their chart first, I really wish that I had. Wow. And, um, you know, I've been studying my own chart for so long that I really kind of do, there are certain things I'm looking for. So it's not that it wouldn't be compatible because we can make it work with any sign, with mm -hmm. any person, with any chart. But I just know, I'm just at an age where I kind of know what I'm looking for. So if I want someone who's like really athletic and active and kind of competitive, who like, he's going to race me down the street. I know that I need a Mars and a fire sign, for example, mm. or I need an Aries moon or so, you know, you can kind of play around with it, but a really good love hack you guys is if you're in a relationship or you meet someone, um, if you can have their Venus sign match your moon sign and have Saturn in a good place. Those are some of the best aspects for long-lasting relationships and marriage. Mm. Because if Venus is what, you're, what you want, what you're looking for, and the moon is your internal self, basically when they meet you, who you are inside is literally going to be everything they're looking for. And, oh, wow. And it's our internal selves that really determine whether or not relationships can work. Our sun signs really don't matter. That's like just the mask we wear to the world. That's so interesting because it's like before, I know for me before learning about needle charts, like I had no idea that I had multiple signs or anything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, I'm an Aries. I'm a fire energy. Yeah. And like we all have all 12 signs somewhere in our chart because the natal chart is the wheel of all 12 signs. So for example, for you, like looking at your chart, you know, you're going to vibe with someone who's a Pisces because that governs your seventh house of committed partnerships and relationships and love. So, so that my means, man is a Taurus. 
Interesting. That's his so, main sign. I don't. So, I can't remember his other signs. So his son, being a Taurus, his son is going to overlay either in your fourth house of home and family, which means he's going to feel like home to you, or mm-hmm. it's going to overlay in your fifth house, which is romance, creativity, and fun. So either way, that's it's good for you to be with someone of, of that sign. Yeah, he's he's great. And what's funny is that when we first started dating, maybe like a month into dating is when I actually got my natal chart done. So then I was like, oh, I'm going to do his natal chart. So I went to just one of those online calculators and I'm like reading all of this stuff about about him, like to him. And I'm like, does this resonate with you? Does this resonate with you? And he's like, can you stop? Like, I don't yeah. like... He's like, I don't want to go there right now. No, I, I, yeah, I've done that before where I had to realize like, hey, Raquel, like respect people's privacy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They feel encroached upon. And um, for me, it's like, it is kind of tough to date because it's like, I don't want someone to feel judged. But at the same time, it's like, aren't we always judging the people we date? Like, isn't that part of dating? Judging to see if they're right for us or judging to see if we feel how we should feel. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I don't, I think if there's anything we should judge and then not judge like in a negative way, I think there's a negative connotation to that word, mm-hmm. but it's like when you're dating somebody, you should be really like checking. Do I feel really good with this person a majority of the time? Like, you know, do, do their traits match up with things that I want for my life? Like, I don't want to live in this bubble because I think this guy is good looking and he's funny and then you know but but I'll live there for a little bit (laughs) that's fun for a little while like really trying to get into a relationship it's like do do we actually go deeper than that yes it's so cliche but it's like trust your gut yes like I feel like our intuition always knows like you and and if they're hot then yeah okay you might stick around for like a couple months but it's like you totally know Oh yeah. And that was my pattern before I met um, the man I'm with now. I would literally date a guy for like a couple of months and then be like, oh, done with this. Oh, done with this. <laughs> like, Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, I either date someone, I, I generally either don't make it past date two because I like lose interest or I date them for like two plus years. So <laughs> it's just a toss up. Like, you never know. <laughs> exactly. And with this, you know, I, I, what I hope for you is that you get your latte lover, that you put oh your God, hand you on so his much. latte <laughs> and you have that full connection. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this so much, but I do want to be cognizant of the time. So I want to wrap it up. Yeah. I have a couple more questions for you. Of course. One is, what are you most excited that you are creating right now? Like where you're going, what you're doing, what's the thing you're most excited about right now? Yes. So I am currently uh, enrolling a program that I created that's called Eclipse. Beautiful. And I've been actually designing it for pretty much the last three years because the Capricorn eclipse is at 24 degrees and my moon is at 25 degrees Capricorn. So I've been patiently waiting for (laughs) July's eclipses. Oh, and wow. because I know that they're so transformative, I decided to do a longer term program. So I'm super excited about that. It's one-on-one, but I'm bringing everyone in as a group and yeah. the collective energy of everyone already involved is like the vibration's so high that I'm just like, it's, it's giving me life. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and the other thing that I'm really excited about creating I've been speaking about it a little bit is um, I am writing a book that is about my Saturn return because yeah, it was, it was really challenging and beautiful and crazy. And 
full of like love and hate and all the things. And it's more of a memoir style versus read this and learn astrology. It's um, a dream of mine as I've always naturally been a writer. So I'm working on that and no updates on when it will be finished because I'm so moody. <laughs> like I'm not even going to be fake and be like, oh, it'll be out in fall. I don't yeah. know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> it'll be but out when it's out. But I'm working on it. In perfect yeah. timing. Divine timing. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. So then the last question I have is you have like a group of people down below you. They're like all of your ideal clients, people that need your work and what you do. And you have like just to, a second to yell something out at them and you're on this balcony. What do you say to them? Oh my gosh. Um, find out your chart ruler. <laughs> find out your chart. Wait, what's my chart yeah. ruler? So your chart ruler is going to be Mercury planet of communication. So like in the exact scenario you're describing, if I could only just tell one, tell one little sliver of like the most important thing, it would be find out what planet rules your chart. That's the type of world you're living in. You're living in a Mercury world full of communication and probably travel and expression. I'm living in a Jupiter world. I'm here for expansion, growth, abundance. Um, I'm here to blow things up. I'm here awesome. to make things big. So find out your chart ruler and it'll tell you what kind of world you live in. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much. Seriously, Raquel, thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And babes, if you were interested in getting any more, getting your chart read, like getting the in-depth, like she is the girl to see for this. Like I've, I really just started following her on Instagram and I was like, yo, this, I need to be in her world. Like she has so much going on and she's such a beautiful energy. So please, if you're into it, like reach out to her, get in her world. And if you loved this episode, take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening. Tag us on Instagram. You can find me at Miss Kelly Kristen. And Raquel, what's your Instagram again? Uh, my Instagram is RackRayLA. And also, guys, check the show notes for a discount code for anyone oh. who has listened to the podcast. Yes. Hi, my babe discount. Ooh, I love it. Yes, Yay. that will definitely be in the show notes. And if you have any questions at all, reach out. And we love you guys. We'll talk love to you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Hey babes, thank you so much for joining me today. If this brought you any value, I ask that you please share it. And if you could just do me one favor and rate and review us on iTunes, it really helps to spread the message and grow this community. And that is our number one goal, to grow the community. If you have not already, please join us in the High Vibe Babe groups on Facebook. It is a community of like-minded women working together to empower and uplift each other. It is the place where all high vibe babes need to be. And with that, I hope that you have a super high vibe day.